right, guys, so this is episode which? Three. Officially episode three of SIP Talk. I've commandeered it. We're going to talk about real estate, and we have some agents from the office here to talk about the difficulties of being a beginning agent. <laughs> Probably the best plan is we'll each get a chance to share difficulties and we can kind of all talk about them. Um, who wants to go first? So I would say... When did you start? I started in February. In February. All right. And how do you feel your first two months were? Actually, not bad. <laughs> in February? Well, I got my license in April. Okay. So, um, so I really... Oh, uh, so you spent all your time doing the course. Yeah. Tell, go ahead, tell us about the difficulties of starting up. Okay, for sure. So, well, the difficulties, I would say, starting out is learning the process and getting in the rhythm of things and how to go about the day. Um, and the biggest thing is learning how to deal with leads and try, the biggest goal is, like, try to bring them into the office, and that was pretty hard to do at first, but um, it's definitely a skill set. So, do you prefer to bring clients into the office? Have you done street meets? I have done street meets. Okay. Um, I believe none were successful. However, I did get some people to apply from street meets. I did. Okay. But, I but did. there's a good chance that they weren't successful because you didn't know. And that's why. They were underqualified. You hadn't, you hadn't pre-qualified yeah. them. You didn't know anything about them. Yeah. And that's yeah. why I prefer to bring them in. So just plus, plus, you're on a team. So when you bring them in, you have your senior agent to sit down and meet with them, which is an effectively an extension of you who has much more experience. Yeah. So that client's getting four times as much experience exactly. working with your senior agent. Exactly. You're able to more clearly see their situation and their, what brings them in and what they're looking for. And it really determines if they're going to be qualified or not. And you need to know this information before. It really makes a huge difference because what's the point in showing clients apartments that they're not going to be approved for? Okay. So you said it's difficult. It, one of you, the first thing you said was knowing the process. Yeah. So what's the process? What's and the do you process? know it? Okay, no. I know the process. Okay. So definitely it starts off as simple as previewing, going to apartments, taking quality pictures, um, having the diligence to post them, and keeping up with that, doing it on multiple platforms, and just making quality ads. Um, and then after So this is step one. Step one. Call that lead generation. Lead generation. Taking the good quality pictures, getting yourself out there, seeing apartments, which also in line helps you get to know supers, landlords, buildings, and access. It's just more knowledge for you to do better in this industry by previewing. Um, but really just the first step is like previewing, getting those pictures, and posting them online, and getting lead generation. So that's step one. Yeah, and right. then you have to handle the lead. And you need to be strategic and smart. And um, it's it takes a lot of patience. It takes a lot of learning. It's a process. And you'll make mistakes in handling phone calls. But it's really important. Pick up that phone and call them. I, I think it's a lot of trial and error. Yeah, I, what I like to do when we have a brand new agent, though, <clears throat> is before I give them any phone training, I mean, there's not much you can fuck up in this business, really. But before I give them any phone training or give them any advice on the phone, I just say, okay, bring them into the office. Here's a phone. 
and let them make the call completely unscripted just to see how they do. And sometimes I'll do, I'll just get, they, don't, they don't even at that moment know that we have training for phone calls, but I want to see how they do. One, because some people are just naturally sick at it. They just pick up the phone, they're like, yeah, hey, meet at our office, the client's, oh, I'm not crazy, but I want to meet at the apartment, and they just overcome it naturally. Yeah. And then I can learn from them sometimes. Mm -hmm. But <clears throat> people don't also appreciate the training until they fucked up a couple of times. So that's why I think it's a bit of trial and error. And even then when you have our training and some of the scripts, you, you it still takes some trial and error. You gotta make it sound, like, a lot of times we give somebody the script and they think they're gonna read from it line by line. That's not, the scripts are more versatile than that. It depends on who's on the other line on the phone. Mm -hmm. it's, you know, you might have the easiest person in the world, you might have the most difficult, maybe a language barrier. Every phone. Well, how good does it make you feel when you actually get that client and, and you go overcome all those emotions? Oh, yeah. No, I, def I even had that yesterday. Yep. And it felt great to bring them in. And, um, and you, it definitely, but I have to say, like, the first few phone calls, I was definitely nervous and definitely made mistakes, but with those mistakes, you learn. So I know how to do them again. I'm going to shine some spotlight on Shiraz. So you are the. Who's been here longer? You were Shiraz. Here, I hit a year. So you just hit a year. I joined in February, but uh, okay. I was not. I didn't start with you guys. I started at another firm. Okay. And Where? Can you don't say? And it was for a month, and I paid a desk fee over there. And awesome. Really? Yeah. First thing is like you're not getting anything until you pay them. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I I don't believe in them here, but <clears throat> I, I mean, for me to wrap my head around charging somebody who has zero experience, right? Zero background in the business. I get it, like because we're gonna put so much time and effort into you, right. we want to be compensated for that. But I just I think that if I had to pay, I didn't pay a desk fee when I started, and if I had to, I couldn't have done it. Yeah, and that's where, and I thought we may start doing them in the future, but I just know that personally, I couldn't have. I just I wouldn't be in this position. I wouldn't be in this career. I wouldn't be in this field if I had to pay a desk fee. Yeah. So you paid a desk fee, and they went blank. Like they didn't help me, and it was they focused on sales. Okay. So the leads were from eight, six months ago, and I didn't have much experience past doing sales like that. So I didn't feel comfortable over there because I didn't have the help that I needed, and I needed to be guided, and I wasn't getting that. So I just bounced. I did a couple of interviews. Then I met Adam, and he really sold me. Like He said like he was looking for agents who wanted to be trained mm -hmm. and learn, and I bought that, and I really felt the confidence he gave me through that. So I joined in February. Okay. So for at first struggles, you start at a company that gave you no training, right. and I'm sure I'm sure that they gave give you a lot of lip service and they sold you on yes. the company yes. because that's that's what we all do. But it's it's the ability to deliver, but also a lot of companies just don't have it. Whereas you, you may not, somebody may not shove it down your throat here, but if you come for it, it's there. Like you know, we're effectively we may all learn from this, but anytime you need to learn something here, you have an, an issue. There's always somebody to go to. Always somebody who's, who's willing to help you out. That's okay. what I love. So that was your struggle, though, which is different from the three of these guys. Right. But then after that, um, I didn't know, like, there was a rental market to begin with. I mm -hmm. always thought real estate was sales, mm -hmm. like million-dollar houses and all that. That's the benefit of being in Manhattan. In Manhattan, exactly. <laughs> that was my thought. And then I realized it's a whole market, you know, and it really works. And uh, the first two, three months, I struggled with posting. Like I, not that I was lazy, mm -hmm. it's that I didn't know what to post. I was posting everything. Mm -hmm. I didn't have the knowledge which department to post at what time, which I got way better at now. Okay. And once I started bringing in clients, uh, 
the trainings that we did actually, I did terrible in the mm -hmm. ball training because Adam would make it purposely hard. So, but what, but what your team does is you guys sit down as a group for an hour on a Friday morning, right. and you guys run phone calls, and you each effectively pretend to be a difficult client or a version of, or multiple versions of difficult clients, right. and watch somebody struggle right. to to deal with the objections and overcome the difficulty that you had on the phone. Exactly. But you're learning through experience how to overcome it. Right. And uh, the in reality, it wasn't as bad, but I had to come a lot of objections and once I finally got them into the office it felt really good and once I got the hang of that I needed to focus on coaching and getting the knowledge I didn't want to seem like a rookie agent because there were times where they were like how long have you been in real estate and the typical answer I just you know I would be honest with them sometimes and then they would understand and uh, on that though how do you address when somebody says how long you've been in the business I tell them I've been and 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 I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what what I what I like to say. Um, this is my first year. That's why, as a beginner, I teamed up with my senior agent. So when you're working with me, I'm here to show you around. But if there's anything I can't answer, I have that person to go to. So you're never dealing with somebody who's unable to fully help you a hundred percent. All right, and that way you just you said you said for, this is your first year. You didn't say exactly how long. Okay, and, but then you kind of went on and changed the subject to something else. Some people will really pry, well, exactly how long? Exactly. You know, I, I mean, if, you, if you're comfortable, you can get into it. Um, but, but you just covered your ass anyways, because you said, I effectively could potentially know nothing, and you're still getting 100% service. Yeah, that's true. Right? So you covered yourself for that answer. Go ahead, sorry. And so after that, it was the emotional factor. Uh, oh, yes. Uh, I started getting emotionally attached to my uh, deals because I had a, a lot of dead deals. Mm -hmm. My first four were all dead. Okay. And uh, they worked. They applied. They just didn't go through. Some of them pulled out last second. Mm -hmm. And that's the last main objective that I had come over, which was probably the toughest for me. Was okay. proposing, and that that's techniques I would learn over time with experience. Mm -hmm. This was more of a me problem that mm -hmm. I need to work on internally, which I did. But it's soul crushing when you're a new agent. You think you have a deal. I, I remember one time you had like a couple of deals died like the same day or something like that. Two, and two, two, two yeah, and uh, and it's soul crushing because especially as a new agent, at least for me, if I stand to make two grand or whatever, you know, even eight hundred bucks or you know, a few thousand dollars, I'm already figuring out especially a new agent, when I was figuring out what I was going to pay off with that. Uh, that yeah. But you can't think of it that way. But also, typically deals die because there's some signs that you're missing earlier on. Right. So you need to yeah. better identify those signs in your building rapport with the client, in your listening to what the client wants, mm -hmm. in paying attention to their body language, even as they're applying for the apartment, mm -hmm. as to, you know, potentially something's going to happen. Yeah. Right. I've caught that even before. I I've noticed body language being weird before, and mm -hmm. I and I, I I saw it a mile away. Mm -hmm. Someone backing out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so you got emotionally attached. Um, after a while, like Adam had a talk with me. After a while, I just realized like they don't care. They will go to another broker, mm -hmm. whether you like it or not. Yeah. They just need to find a place. But let me tell you something though. If these people really like you. Yeah. They may back out on our apartment, but you have the same resources that that other broker has. Right. So you, there's no reason that they shouldn't rent the next apartment with you. And even if they find an exclusive listing from another agent, you can still co-broker it. Yeah. 
So there should be no reason. The goal is to get your clients to like and trust you. Right. Right? And you're gonna do that through meeting them in the office, right. gaining their trust, going out with them, building rapport, making sure your personalities line up, right. and and being friendly with them. Mm -hmm. But if they trust you, you know, they're gonna they're gonna be much more honest with you. Right. That's so. so true. And I worked on that. I polished on all the things that I was weaken when it comes to like building that trust. Because, like I said, sometimes they would sense that I'm a new agent, mm -hmm. and I try to mask that to my best ability and use the resources I had. I had more of my colleagues. Mm -hmm. Well, you, you guys have a great group chat where somebody asks a question right. for the most part, except today when you guys had the keys. Right. Um, it didn't get back to me for a while. <laughs> but, uh, but you guys have a great group chat where you can ask a question and you give the opportunity for 12 people to reply. Right, exactly. And get a response within 30 seconds. 30 seconds. Typically, yeah. Super supportive. I love that. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's really something we have in my team as well. Everybody's there for each other. And I think it's like, Part of being a team it really makes you who you are exactly because you know you're not like by yourself you know that there's like a even if you have two clients coming in you know there's someone else to help you it's like you're, you're not doing it all by you yourself you learn from everyone Ex exactly. someone else will make a mistake and you learn how to do yeah. it back to right. your emotional side <laughs> yeah I've gotten, I've gotten better over that now i'm starting to close some deals now i just my challenge right now is just consistency mm -hmm. yeah I think where where are you inconsistent though um like it would, after I get a few deals, it just the work starts to like. You mean the work? Yeah, like the like your like your input, like how much you're you're input, how hard you're working basically, right. the number of apartments you're seeing, the number of apartments you're posting. Exactly. You're, Yet again, that's the me problem, but I'm working on that. This is up to you. Like, yeah. This is your business. Well, as a broker, it's my well, problem well, too. No. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. and being on a team that affects your team leader, so it's an us. It's an it's our problem. All right, so I'm well, gonna be more cognizant of that with you. I'm, I'm always <laughs> broken, and uh, yeah, that's about it for now. Like the consistency, but I've gotten way better. So on a scale of one to ten, how were you when you started? A seven. When you started? Oh, when I started? Okay. Oh, zero. Zero. Even zero. after the first place. Yes, did it? It was perfect. Right, so you came in at zero. Now you I feel seven. And I'm, I feel like I'm a seven. All right. All right. You're better than this. All right, Mateus, who's next? I would agree myself. Oh, sounds, sounds, yeah. sounds like a thing. <laughs> so you've you've been very quiet, so I, I figured. Same experience as like Shiraz, that's yeah. the thing. Um, okay. like, right, I know ahead. what he yeah. did, and he did like with the sales it. part. Mm -hmm. I tried to join like a predominant, uh, everybody knows the name of the, the real estate company, and I was like, you know, let me go for them. I saw their ad. I'm like, let me go there. And then I get the interview. The guy's like, how much deals have you done? You know, I told him zero to one. I fill out the sheet, there's like a chart. And then it says, how long have you had your real estate license for? In reality, I had it for two years. Maybe he thinks I have that much experience, but I had little to none. So I joined this group and nonetheless, I start working there and that's how I could share your experience. Nobody's talking to you. Nobody wants you to work with them. Exactly. They just look wow. at you as competition and they just, wow. they're all for each other. Exactly. And that's when I learned, I did it for a month and I was like, all right, I don't think this is gonna work. I'm not gonna make any money. I just, I really don't know what I'm doing. I got here to try to work for a good company, which I thought was a good company, but it wasn't. Maybe for, if I was experienced. I started with a bigger company thinking that I was experienced. I wasn't, I came here, I learned a lot. Um, and I think the most key thing is, it really, you have to work with the right people. You could be, depending on what team, 
if you don't if you're not comfortable just part ways you could always be their friend because not everybody clicks and that's what I've learned because transitioning from one team to another I've I learned a lot more I gained a little bit more experience because some people push you just a little bit more let me, let, me, let me ask you this though because you came from a company where everybody was independent contractors mm, and correct. worked independently everybody here is also independent contractors but we work as teams a lot of us yeah. um, but culture cultures I think it's, it's like we're all a family here I mean that's yeah, been that's been great. one thing I've really tried to build into this company and as you know do my best to just kind of be cool as shit I don't think I'm that cool but I think mm-hmm. I've surrounded myself with cool people yeah. and it creates the environment that we have we're happy to come to work, which means we're happy Seriously. to work. Exactly. That but, makes it like we're all but, friends. It's great. But one thing that, that having a cool culture has mm-hmm. done, and I wish I, I need to figure out exactly how to identify it a little bit earlier, is we have people that will stick here longer than they should because they enjoy being here, mm-hmm. but they're not working. Mm-hmm. Okay? And you, you guys can sit across from each other and have a conversation all day long mm-hmm. and do absolutely zero work in the same room where she's part of the conversation but works her ass off. And you guys all feel like you're doing the same thing. Whereas you guys might just continue to come in because you like grabbing lunch on this block and enjoy hanging out with friends, but you need to figure out how you can be more productive. And that's something I need to be that's- a bit more cognizant of and, and you know maybe spend more time trolling the office and being like, you know, yeah. I've listened to your guys' conversation for the last hour yeah, I don't see much work happening. Plus, you've been sitting here for an hour. Like, it's a real estate job. Like, let's get out, make some calls, get out of the office. Um, but so that's. I think the culture here is great, but I also feel like it it covers up from my perspective um, some agents that maybe need more attention from me. My second notion that I think. Pressure. Well, that's what I was just saying. A little bit kicking the ass because, in in essence, let's say you're still on a team, you get comfortable with the senior. And when, when, when you get comfortable enough, they say something like, oh, all right. But then, you know, when you have the principal broker come in and he tells yeah. you to do something, they're like, oh, shit. Now I have to do this. But it's just more like, I think, a second like a second face because you already got comfortable with the first person. But when the other person comes in from the side, which is above the, you know, I'm not trying to say, like, power-wise, but... There's a lot more respect. It just has more somebody. weight. It has that, more weight. Exactly. It does carry a lot more weight when somebody else tells you and you're like, oh, shit, you're right. But also, and, and I'm, not, I'm not in your room all day long. Exactly. So I see things differently than the people that are that are in your room. Mm. So, and I try to say constructive things. I might, I you might, could just see from the deal sheet, yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, mean, you, I know, there, I know you, all You of look it. there and you're like, all right. I know all of it. Yeah. But like last, last night, for example, where I feel like we just had a really slow month in September. Yeah. And I'm just like, guys... It's legit the first day of a new month. So here's your opportunity to literally change everything you're doing, okay? Because you look at your numbers for the last 30 days, and, and they were where you wanted them to be, and you can leave on an early early day, and you yeah. can have a chill October 1st. Or you can say, fuck, last month sucked. I got to change some shit up. 100% and I was in here working. I was on the phone. I was typing some stuff up. Um... And uh, I walked out of the office. Nobody's here. What time was it? It was like eight o'clock or so, and uh, nobody, that. nobody was here. And I was at the gym. So, I mean, to me, just thinking like I'm still here working, and everybody left. 
you know, when I was a new agent, I was usually one of the last ones out of the office. And then I would go home and still work. So, but that's because I was hungry. And so, you know, I just feel like people are, you know, if you're in line waiting for food and you're hungry and there's still a line and there's six people left but there's still food and you're just like, nah, I'm just gonna go home tonight, hungry. That's how I felt last night. I, I legit stayed in the office. I, I walked out to see if anybody wanted dinner. Nobody's here. So. Well, that's the thing with like being an independent contractor. You have the support of your team leader and you as principal broker and whatnot. But at the end of the day, it is up to you. It's entirely yeah. up to you. It's like, it's, yeah, like you said before, and you're in your own business. That's why I think me exactly. and like, I think everyone, can, and most people can agree with this, mm -hmm. like pushing yourself every day. You don't, you're not just like walking into a job, sitting down, typing in numbers, leaving and getting paid two weeks later. Doesn't work like that. Like you But that's but that's difficult psychology for a lot of people. I think break. it's harder to admit yeah. the mistakes you're making. And that's why we that's need why to I like really I never was an independent contractor before. I was always salary. Right. And that's one of my struggles to this day still and I take note of it and I make action in my head, but you have to fight your distractions, you have to fight the laziness, you you really have to at the end of the day be like, no. I, this is my business, this is my job, this is how I make money, and I have this, like, what's the word? Be stern with so, yourself. Well, self-accountable, You yeah. have to be self-accountable, and that's the hardest thing, is you are your own boss, and you are the one that's making yourself right. money. You, you're not just going to a job and doing your work and getting paid, no matter what. That's one of the things about being salaried, you know, you always have that comfort. You, yeah. You're gonna get paid. I have friends who have nine to five jobs. You could half ass your job and still get yeah, paid. Yeah, ask what you, you do today. You can't I watch Netflix. Paid. That's insane. Well, that's Literally. crazy. Yeah, I mean, I've, seen that. You can't have I've been in sales before. That's the one thing I thought. I thought I had sales experience coming here. I've been in sales before the four years selling cars. Yeah. And I did well. I came here. I'm like, holy shit. Again, you could be good at one sale, but everything you have to adjust to the market of everything else. Just because you could sell a car doesn't mean you could sell rentals or apartments. Mm -hmm. You have to adjust to your clientele. But you also get a lot more people that walk on the lot. Exactly. It's different. And it's you, more like this. If, uh, we don't have this here. If a client walks in, I'd probably be the first one to take it. Yeah. And then the next one after that, I would do that. But here, yeah. it's like, are you going to make that phone call? And you got to follow up, which I was going to say before when I was talking. I think the, the biggest regret for me was when you get that no phone call to answer, follow up again the next day and the next day and the next Following day. Up. Until well, they really did tell you, just tell you, just screw off. Because but, in essence, at least wait, you try you know, everything. Wait, honestly, wait for that. But that's your job. You're, you're, they contacted you with an expectation of you to get back in touch with them. Okay. So until... You continue to try to get back in touch with them until they say, bro, I'm good. Yeah. All right? And they might be like, what the fuck? Why do you keep calling okay. me every single day? Because you told me you wanted to hear from me. Yeah. Okay? Like, tell me not to, fine, you know? So you don't have to be a dick about it. But I promise you 95% of the people are not going to be dicks about it. And you just yeah. be like, oh, you asked me to get in touch with you. I just, you know, I'm just updating my call sheet every day. Um, yeah, recently I just got a lead. You have to. I got a lead. She's like, I'll call two days ago. She mm -hmm. said, I'll call you at 8.30 tonight. I need... They're not going to call you. No, she didn't call. Of course. Call. She They're didn't. Gonna, they never call. I, I you called, called. I called yesterday, and she's like, oh, my God. I, was, I, I thank you for calling me. I totally forgot. But she was literally saying that. Because mm -hmm. sometimes they forget. They're humans. You know? Exactly. So let me ask you more, more specifics. Give me some specific, specifics about, uh, about struggling when you started. Beginning of struggle of starting is... I mean, I, in the beginning, what I did was different when I transitioned to the other team. Well, I was just going to say, I think you initially were misaligned with the team and you needed a bit more hands-on. Exactly. So when I started, it was just, 
you know, posts and I got, you know, I got leads handed to me. It was different. I was mm -hmm. on a team, so the person rebuilt up enough inventory in their listings and they already gave me leads. They just said, just copy this, post this. And that's what I did and I thought it was fine. But I think I just needed just a little bit more and then I transit his team. Maybe the first week this, uh, you know, the agent comes over to me and he's like, there's a sheet I look at and I'm like, Shit. It's about 15 apartments you go look at. And that's when I, what I was saying before about the preview. That's the first time I knew what a preview was. And I saw those 15 apartments. Then, then now I see myself now is like, if I didn't start to preview, I wouldn't know the landlords. I wouldn't know the area. Because there's sometimes people, I don't even notice myself, like, you really know this area. I'm in Washington Heights. And in my mind, I'm like, how do you even think that? I don't use the Google Maps. Because you, when you've been to a place so many times, it's like you know you're there, and I don't even live in the city. I'm from Long Island, and I and I know the city pretty well. But that's because you're all over the place all the time. Yeah, you know, especially this time around, you got to go everywhere, right. everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just constant posting, 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 and I think regardless of the posting, because if you get a lead and you don't follow up, it doesn't matter how much you post if you don't follow up. I yeah, figured exactly. that out. Oh yeah, exactly. You're just you're you're. It's like it's like that's trying to fill a bathtub thing. with with without the the plug in the bathtub. You have you have it incoming, but you're just letting it go back out. And I'm learning a better follow up system for myself. At mm -hmm. the end of every day, I write down who I'm gonna call tomorrow. Yes, I. Yeah. When you do that, yeah, it's it like helps. in the morning you see this piece of paper like, all right, yeah, now right, I know right, what yeah, to do. Yeah, on top of your list that you get uh, by the morning and everything. I've just started doing. I do like reminders in my phone. Because I'm like, I, I know I'm going to forget. That's, I gotta, that's when you got to be honest with yourself. I once from doing that. I <laughs> contacted a client, and one month he's like, oh, I'm, I decided I'm going to move in two months. Put an alarm in my phone for two months later, and I got to deal with it. I, but I'm big on the, hey, Siri, remind me when I get to the office. You have your, oh, shit. <laughs> there it goes. <laughs> <laughs> but but that, I do that every single day. Whenever I need to remind myself of something, or when I get home, remind me to do this, remind me to yeah. grab this. I put uh, in my phone on my way to work, so when yeah. I get to work, I, like, I'm like, Every day I get to office, I have this, this reminder checklist, and it just pops up on my screen, yeah. pops up on the phone. Oh, yeah. Um, all right. I think there's also, I think the hardest thing to say is it's not going to happen overnight, and people come in the business um, thinking you're going to make money, and the biggest struggle is you have to really be mentally strong because it's mm -hmm. not going to happen overnight. You but it's, look, I've, it's I've a done, hard, rough time. You know, I've done thousands of interviews, it. and it's really frustrating for me when somebody's like, "Yeah, you know, I want to make some quick money. Yeah. I want to get into sales. Oh, yeah. I want to do rentals." Huh. And on my own time. I'm just, and they want to be part time. They need yeah, quick money. They want to be part time. But the quick money thing is, and 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 again, that's part of the reason. You know, some people come. You don't know what their job was before, um, and and you know, a lot of times. They're not coming with a full bank account ready to live for nine months with all their expenses covered and work on commission, mm -hmm. like they, you know, they tell a lot of places tell you you should be, um, but they want to make quick money. And I, I mean, you know, not having a desk fee allows them to at least give it a shot. And some of those people are successful, yeah. but I find the majority of them are not. It takes commitment. Well, that's we had a meeting January two thousand eighteen, and I said, look, I want to weed out the people who are interested versus the people who are committed. The people who are committed will starve, and the people who are interested will get hungry and leave. I agree with that. Starve so. and learn the knowledge, because mm -hmm. <laughs> I think it's the most priceless thing I ever did, because instead of jumping to being independent, I stuck to be a junior for almost not 11 months, yeah. and I think it was the best thing ever, because I knew I'd rather bite my tongue and take the, and take the cut 
because the knowledge was more priceless yeah. than anything. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people was like, oh, well, this person, well, if you, in this business, you make a lot more money, okay, go try it and fail. Per and deal. Again. Per deal, per you deal. make more money. But if you're doing fewer deals, mm -hmm. you know. What you is can, it going to do? It's you can make twice as much money. You can make twice as much money. But if you're doing 25% as many deals, you're now making half as much money as, as you were before. Or none. Or, you know. <laughs> I, might, I don't know if that math was right. All right, Ida, you ready? Give us, give us. So you were the newest of yeah, all of us, yeah. and you've been here for how long? Um, I, the end of August, so maybe. So a month and a half. Yeah, but okay. I was working on my course for the first three weeks. Okay. I think I really started maybe like four weeks, three, four weeks ago. So, you, so you have about about a month in as an agent. Mm -hmm. Okay, and. Um, I would say for me, definitely confidence and just believing in yourself okay. and just being able to like hop on the phone and make a phone call. I remember the first lead I had, I had to like convince myself like, for like five minutes, just call, just call, just call, or even just like buzzing the door. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. I was like, what am I saying? Like, I just, it was just like a lot of anxiety. Like I naturally just have a lot of anxiety. Let me ask you a question. When you make a phone call, do you step out of the office? Yeah, I did. Do you still? Oh, now you just do it. I so I'm 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 a really big. I think it's it's awesome that these people just make phone calls. They just own them. They just oh I got a lead. I'm gonna pick up the phone and call yeah. them, which I think is how you should be. Yeah. Because you just it's it's just fast. I don't give a shit if somebody hears me on the phone. I don't give a shit if there's noise in the background. Yeah. To a degree, um, I think these guys that take, I think the people that take the phone calls out of the office, it's a confidence issue. It's not a noise issue, okay? Now, but I will give it to your office especially that some of you guys take calls and I'm just like, holy shit, that person does need to step out because the environment is too loud, okay? So I'll give it to them for that reason, you know, when somebody does step out for, for that reason, but, but oftentimes I think when I see somebody stepping out of the office to make a phone call, it's a confidence issue. No, yeah, for sure. And, but then like after like getting on the phone, and just being more knowledgeable about the real estate industry, I know, like naturally you just have more confidence because you know what your, your product is. Well, you've heard the questions before. Yeah. You know the and answers. And all the training that Adam gave us mm -hmm. definitely helped a lot. And also just like dealing with rejection. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then now it's like, I don't care if I get rejected, you just move on. That's a big well, you should care to a degree, but you well, need to be—you need to not be emotionally invested in it. Yeah. Channel that energy and that emotion into something positive. Don't channel it to you flipping out at the client. When I get a rejection, yeah. when you I do a showing, I—I I think I'm like, what did, maybe what did I do wrong? You guys ever think that way? Like, what did I do wrong that I didn't close well, that Also, like, we're only human. Yeah. Like, I think I think you I should though. I do I, that. I, I think you're 100. I, 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 I just started doing like yeah. I do that like maybe a couple months. Back, I just started doing. I'm like. What did I do wrong that I didn't close it? And then I call him back like two weeks. I already found an apartment. Two what weeks. Other apartment? Two weeks a long time. I'm just saying like, regardless of whatever Fair. the follow-up was, is what did I do wrong regardless of the first time that they didn't close? We all show the same apartments. Yeah. 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 But the thing is, and you guys, you have to remember when somebody's making a decision to move into an apartment, even if it is a rental, it's still a huge decision. People are yeah, so apprehensive about doing it. And... You know, your your goal is to help them make that decision. So you need to identify what their buying beliefs are and whether they're more emotional or more logical or a combination of both and walk them through the process. Especially, and this is frustrating for me, when you go with somebody who you know you show them the best apartment and 
they're never going to find anything that's close to that. Mm-hmm. And you know it's one of those apartments that's probably somebody else is applying on it right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or there may be yeah. another application on it right now. And you're like, look, just get the paperwork. We'll push yours. There's you know, Somebody else might be applying on it. But we're going to push yours through. We're going to try to get you the best deal. Like We're going to use our relationship and try to smooth talk the management mm-hmm. company, the owner, um, and try to get you in there no matter what. And they're just like, well, you know, I only saw 12 places. It's like, you saw 12 places already? Yeah. With this budget? Yeah. Um, but what, it's, it's really tough to see somebody walk away from a great apartment. And every word that comes out of your mouth, you're still a salesperson. So, but that's why you need to make people like and trust you, which is tough. Because at the end of the day, you still are the salesperson. But you want to be as close to that likable and trustable person and as far from the salesperson as possible. Yeah, yeah. I've had clients come up to me and be like, while we're leaving the interview, about to go see apartments, like, look, I don't like salespeople. Mm -hmm. So just giving you that warning. And I still ended up creating a great relationship with them. Granted, that person I didn't sell an apartment to, but, um, but you can follow up with them, and if they like yeah. and trust you, oh, they're gonna refer you. I followed up with them for weeks, and I showed them more, multiple times. But I'm saying, yeah. I'm saying, when, how, when was this? Uh, midsummer. Okay, call them tomorrow. Beginning. Call them Yeah, I, that's funny. Put I a reminder on <laughs> your phone right now. I'm serious, I'm serious. Put a reminder on your phone right now, because that's how you're gonna build relationships. Well, the Beach Lane deal we just did, mm-hmm. like, I'm working through your next thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't forget to follow back, because you know you will. I know, but you have to ask for the referrals. Uh, you got to ask for a yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Put the spotlight back on it. Oh, so some more difficulties of confidence. Um, also, something for me is just being able to deal with obstacles or anything unpredictable. That's going to come with experience. Yeah, exactly. Because there are a lot of times. Like, good thing that I was, like, Shiraz was able to shadow me. So he was able to answer all the questions that I didn't really mm-hmm. know. Or I was just, sometimes I'll be afraid of, like, oh, look, what if an apartment is what if I can't get into it? Like, mm-hmm. I have to like be calm enough to just be like, okay, it's fine. So the cool thing, though, is is it, not the cool thing. But I'll get there in a second. The most frustrating part of this job is showing up to an apartment that's fucking locked. Yeah. And you okay. don't have the keys. Mm-hmm. You don't have the keys. A lot, a lot of landlords don't give us their building keys. Right. They leave the apartment door open. They expect mm-hmm. us to get in through the super. The super's busy as shit, or he hates real estate agents That's because right. <laughs> he doesn't give. He doesn't unless you're going to give him some type of you know backhanded tip. He doesn't give a shit about it. you. Don't live in the building. He may never even see you again. But you show up. The building door is locked. You finally get in the building, and one of the tenants lets you in, and then the apartment door is locked, and you're just screwed. And that's part of this business, and you need to prep your clients for it. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know we have hundreds and hundreds of keys. Sometimes there's keys at pizzerias, sometimes there's keys in lockboxes. Typically, if there's a lockbox, we can assume that the key's not going to be in there because it's New York City and other agents are sharks. And, you know. I think you got to make it a no, yes. Yeah, no, it happens all the time. And, you know, on occasion, I may be okay with you making a copy of the key, but, you know, with approval, but. Stealing the key, man. I just think that's like bad karma. That's that's a really shitty. But but people do that. But people. I think it's more you can turn it into like a joke. I say that all the time. Like you guys ready to have some fun? You ready to buzz all the doors and get in? And I've had clients help me out. You should. You shouldn't do that. But but they enjoy it though. But but listen, listen. But the thing is, if you can bring it up before before you get there and explain to them the realities of how this actually works. Um, and that we have keys, and that different landlords access you access their apartments differently. Um, you know, they'll be prepared for you just as 
they'll be on the same page as you when you guys come up, talk to the apartment. What I was saying is the cool thing is, is yeah, that's New York City, but if you're in a different market, you may show up to a home in the suburbs to show it, yeah. and the lockbox is frozen, or the lockbox is missing, or you know, you're out, you're out with your buyer clients, you're going house to house, um, you know, and there's access issues, or there's a giant dog in the front yard, you know, like, and the, and the, and the owners aren't home, or there's no agent showing you, showing you the home. That's the reality of, of this business. So you have to be creative, and you don't want to do anything illegal, okay? You don't want to break and enter, all right? That's one, if you're breaking, you're probably fucking up. Yeah, yeah and if you're allowed to enter, you're allowed to enter. But, you know, if you're breaking something, uh, that's not good. But, yeah, I mean, but as long as you educate your clients and you explain to them so you guys are on the same page, you know, it'll, be, it'll trust me, it'll go a bit more smoothly. Yeah. Right. Anything else you got? So access to apartments? Um confidence just being just like having the grit and like motivation to like keep on going definitely mm -hmm. not be discouraged would you consider yourself a gritty person um i don't know it depends because sometimes i let things like get to me like other people's opinions mm -hmm. especially like from like my family dynamic like my mom just like really discouraging etc etc but do you know my mom still wants me to go back to school oh, i love that line. and get it <laughs> and get it and get a job working for New York State. And then and then she go and then she goes but just you could live with me rent free. Upstate New York. Upstate New York. An hour an hour outside of Albany. All right. Um, and she wants me to she wants me to go go back to school so I can get a job working for the state and have a pension and live in her home. So I mean, so how how long am I supposed to do that for? Exactly, like, yeah. do I get to move out? Like, how? What's the what's yeah. the plan past that? Be forty years old, live with my mom. But but, my mom tells me the same thing. And it yeah, it's a sales job. But you generate your, you know, you generate your own value. You generate your own income. So if you work hard enough, you can turn this into, into something huge. It's just it's you have to hack it you gotta figure out what works fucking do it um but that takes you know takes a lot of hard work and if you go three months and you're doing the same shit and nothing is happening you're doing the wrong shit yeah. it's a skills based business yeah. not a time based you need to be self aware it's like that quote I was talking to you about it's almost like it's not what you don't know that hurts you it's what you it's know it's what you know and you don't do yeah and to me when I I actually was reading the book and I'm like I was reading put me in perspective a lot. What book was it? Uh, All That Matters. Uh, Say the book again? All That Matters. All That Matters by? Cummings. Cummings. Yep. Do we know the first name? <laughs> no, <that's laughs> no, we just know the name on the, on the, on the spine of the book. <laughs> that's his last name uh, on there, that's it. Okay. And it's 125 ways to master, you know, clarity, confidence, and salesmanship. Awesome. It's it's by far probably one of the best books I've read, and I've read several books this year. Oh, I, I, I'll probably grab it too. I looked at it for about eight seconds, but it looks like a, it looks like a really good book. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of things that you don't know when you start out, and you got to figure that shit out. When you know that, when when you hear of something that you don't fully understand, or maybe you hear that an agent is listing on this website, or you hear of a landlord that you've never heard of, if you just sit there and just continue doing what you're doing, versus asking somebody the question to figure out what you what it is that you don't know, and, which I find there's a lot of agents that just don't ask those questions. 
And, and that's like, that's on you. If you, if you learn there's something you don't know and continue not knowing it, like yeah. that, I mean, in my opinion, that's kind yeah. of real yeah. stupidity. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Um, I think listening is key. Right. That's the cool thing about the team dynamic is you get to listen to everybody who's around you. Even when I did my course and I wasn't an agent yet and I wasn't on the field yet, I learned so much just sitting in the office. I felt actually pretty prepared for my first client and handling my first lead. You closed on your first week? I closed my, my first client was my first deal. That's great. Right. See what you just said, the key word, you listen. I think a and I lot of people... And I learned a lot, and I felt super prepared. ...that just sit around, and you know there's like five people in the room, and there's an interview going on. And listen. Then you, and then you look around, listen. everybody's on something, on a different source that isn't regardless of real estate, and then you're like, this is what you're going to be doing in a couple of months. Yeah, yeah. I always... If you're not <laughs> listening, by now you, I think, I, I know verbatim of what my senior says. Yeah. I already know the first word he says when, when the person comes in because yeah. I listen. If, you got to learn how to do it. What, what, I would never know what I'm doing. When you, as, when you start as a junior <laughs> agent, you're on a team, you, it's it's on you to learn everything that's really? around you. But I also think that it's frustrating that there are junior agents who are frustrated that they're junior agents mm -hmm. who know the right stuff that aren't asking to be independent or, ind or other agents that feel that they could run a team and are successful as independent agents, and they want to manage a team, aren't pushing me or pushing somebody else on their team to run a team. Um, because if you just sit there and wait for it to happen to you, it's not it's not going to happen no. to you. So it's again, it's it's what you take, and you got to ask for it, and you got to push for it in some cases. Um, give me one more thing that's that you've been frustrated with starting off. Question for you. What was your? I was just. What was your hardship when you started? What were your? <laughs> you know, you know some of them. So like, you have to tell me. And then yeah. Let, um, let us all know. I mean, I, I really, I really struggled because I had, uh, I started part time, and I had, I was working at LaGuardia Airport, and I had to be there at five thirty in the morning, which meant I had to be up at four something, um, and then I would go to LaGuardia Airport, my bike, and uh, I'd work until four o'clock. And then I'd come into the real estate office, park on a sidewalk, which is illegal, which when you broke a shit, uh, it's frustrating when you learn that it's illegal yeah, and you learn it while they're towing your bike, which is 180 bucks plus the parking on sidewalk ticket. The ticket, yeah. And I also never had my motorcycle license. Double, triple whammy. So I had to hire a tow truck to bring it out of the, the tow lot. Oh. Yeah. So, I mean, it was just, it was expensive as shit. But I would race from LaGuardia over the Queensboro Bridge into Midtown and start my day at 4.30 or so. Um, however, when I started, nobody really told me what to do. They kind of gave me a desk and there was no management training at that time. We had senior agents, but they weren't, they weren't like cohesive like we were, okay? Um, they definitely weren't as friendly and I turned to the guy next. I, I sat there and waited. I said, "I sit there." I sat there and waited for a few minutes, and then I turned to the guy next to me and said, "Okay, so what? Like now what?" And he goes, "Oh, just make some ads." I'm like, can you can you help me a little bit? Um, <clears throat> I mean, that's but that's insane. Like, I there's very little kind of given to me. When you guys start, you have somebody that says, "We're going to set you up an email. We're going to preview these apartments. You're going to post on my account." Right. Da 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 da. Um, it was a lot different back then. So, but I went a couple of months of making any deals. I made one deal for 477 bucks. I remember this check. I just was like, 
I thought it was going to be more. I don't know. $477 is not a very big check, I think. Yeah. And um, then I went like another three weeks without making another deal. And they changed my hours at the airport at my job from 5.30 in the morning to 4 to 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't exactly That's work. I don't. I can't do real estate on either side of those hours, so I went back to the 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 LaGuardia job, and I did it for about a week, and I was just so miserable. Like I, this, I enjoyed doing this, uh, but I hadn't made any money, so I had a week of like sick of, vac- of vacation time, and I took the uh, I took. See, I don't even know the difference anymore because mm-hmm. you don't get that as an independent contractor. <laughs> Um, so I took the vacation time and went and did real estate and also closed zero deals. And then I went back to the other job for like two days and just put in my two weeks, which I knew their policy was. They just let you go. Yeah. Um, and then I started to do this full time, even though I had found zero success. But it was cool as shit because I was used to being up at four something in the morning. So I'd like get up, I'd exercise, I'd go for a run, I'd cook a full breakfast. I'd come at like nine o'clock in the morning. The office was a ghost land. And I'm just like, oh shit, like I'm working harder than everybody else. I'm not making any money, but I'm working harder than everybody else. And I have nothing else to do. I'm too broke to go out, I'm too broke to date anybody. I'm just, you know, like I literally, I don't know anybody. You know, I moved here dating somebody and we broke up. And I knew people from the old job, but I had just quit that job. Mm-hmm. And we didn't really hang out outside of work. So I literally, yeah. I knew nobody except work. And I, I will reinforce the statement I was broke as shit. Um, so I couldn't do anything. And I don't have, didn't have friends here. I don't have family here. There's nobody I could ask for money. And when I moved out of the house I grew up in, my, it, my family sold it. And um, my mom bought a small house like an hour in the country. So like living there was not even an option. I didn't have a car. So I couldn't even get a job up there. Um, so I had nowhere to turn. I was scared. Um, so I just worked as hard as I could. And I listened to people in the office. I listened to phone calls. And uh, I mean, we're talking like real broke. Like, I ate pasta almost every night, so you could, you know, I could get three meals out of a box of spaghetti. And I remember buying, when I had money, I'd buy like a bag of bread and peanut butter. I eat peanut butter sandwiches for lunch. And uh, I lived in Astoria, so my first apartment was on Steinway, and then Crescent Street, and then um, on Ditmar's. There was more hookah bars back then. Yeah, the Steinway used to be like crazy. Uh, I remember being in my apartment on 41st, which is one block from Steinway, and I was on the first floor and I faced the sidewalk, um, and I could smell hookah all the time, all the time. Uh, And I didn't really smoke hookah back then, so I was just like, this is annoying as shit. Um, But I just I remember being like super broke. I bought a container of oatmeal. And I would put it in a cup, and I would uh, get the hot water from the machine. Like, we have a machine with hot water in the office. i get hot water from the water machine, and then i put powdered creamer, like French vanilla powdered creamer, <laughs> for flavor. <laughs> and I did this for months and months and months. Wow. And people are out, like, getting, like, $12, $12 salads. Yeah. I and mean, I'm just like, you got a $12 salad? I remember getting to the point where, like, I could start getting some food at the restaurants nearby, and I would wait until after 4 o'clock when they had the buffets, but it's like the Terrible. end of the day and it's just been like sitting there cooking for hours and hours after the lunch rush and they would give you a discount, 50% off. And then it's by weight. 
So I would scrape the crunchy shit. There was another agent and I, we'd go down every single day. Not, not every day, no thanks. And we would, scrape, we would scrape that shit off the top, the dry stuff, because the dry stuff doesn't weigh anything. And we eat all this dried out uh, bodega food. But that's like the hustle, man. Like that's like the real life, the real life shit. But that's why you were hungry, and, right? I mean, I, but I was hungry, like literally and, and figuratively. Um, and I did that for months and months. But there was one thing that a few months in, I learned from another agent. And it was just about lead generation. Even if I was shitty at the job, if I showed enough apartments, one, I'd be gaining the experience every time. But two, it's a numbers game. Yeah. You know? And if you close one in 15, but you bring in 30 that month, you close two clients. Mm-hmm. Which is a beginner agent isn't that bad. It's not great. But if you're able to bring in 30 people, you're pretty good on the phones. Which phones is one, I couldn't see other agents out on their showings, but I could hear everybody on the phone. So that was one thing I was, I was really good at. Um, what I used to do, even when I was at the airport, I would double book clients for 4.30, because I'd get there at 4.30, and then I'd double book them for 6. And a lot of times there's no shows, right? And if anything, I could give away a client. Um, so, but that was, that's the one thing that I was really good at was generating leads, and I was giving away clients, and that's kind of how I started senioring, because once I went independent, my only focus was on generating leads, which at that point, the only way I know how to do it was take the listings, take photos of the ones that don't have photos, and advertise them online. And that's, that's exactly what I did. And from there, I remember being like 10 months in, and I, I, I just wanted to find out new ways to generate leads. And I went through every single person that sent me an email in my first month, and I just, like, an email. So, not just somebody that I closed a deal with, not even somebody I worked with, anybody who sent me an email that was looking for an apartment. And I just said, hey, we spoke last year, you, you reached out to me last year when you were looking for an apartment. I'm assuming you found a place. Uh, it's about a year later, I was curious if you're re-signing your lease or if you plan to move. You know, I'd probably optimize that a little bit, but along those lines, are you planning to move this year? And I just sent it to every single person. Um, and I got a ton of replies, I almost doubled my leads from the previous the you know, the previous month uh, a year ago because I had all these new leads and then I had all the old ones that, that got back to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember one month, I did that for a long, long time, and one month I emailed somebody who like wasn't looking for an apartment. It was just somebody's like HR director who sent me pay stubs. And she goes, no, I just sent you pay stubs for ex-employee, mm-hmm. but I am looking for an apartment. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. Which just means anybody can be, you know, anybody can be a potential lead for you. Um, so but that's it. You know, I was able to generate leads. I slowly started a team. And at that point, what I would do is I would train people, and then they'd just go independent. They'd just leave my team and go independent. You know, like they learned what they could from me. We're basically equal. And they just go independent. A lot of people stayed for a little while, and then they didn't have kind of, we weren't working together, so there was no push, and then they quit. Yeah. Or a lot of people went to other companies. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had that benefit that I people I was really close with who went to other companies and either found success or didn't find success. But I learned a lot about other companies through those people as well, which has given me a lot yeah. since we since we started. So you trained Brian, Adam, and Middle? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were all on my team. And I pushed them in their own ways to be independent. They wanted to be independent, but also 
we had our own office at one point inside of the greater brokers that we were at, and we closed down our office, and they came back to kind of the main office. So imagine like all your offices closed, mm -hmm. and you guys are kind of in this main area, and the broker was out there, and the broker really didn't want them to be independent or senior agents. Like he didn't want them to have their own standalone desks. He mm -hmm. wanted them to be in the bullpen, and I really fought for these guys to be independent, um, but you know he didn't just have the trust in them because they were brand new. Um, but I was pushing for them, and they were pushing for them, and I don't see a lot. I don't see a lot of that hunger uh, anymore. You know, but it takes the right people. That was, you know, working with these guys. You know, we're talking, but same thing for Tom and Rosh and a handful of other people. Um, you know, it's it's just a, it's a different type of characteristic. I think. You know, I'd li I'd like to see people be more hungry and push, and push more to, uh, to get there. So, but that's, I mean, that's that. Now, obviously, you know, you, you guys know we, the backstory and where we come from. Yeah. But, I mean, for me, I struggled really, really bad. I remember January one year, I had $110 in my bank account. Um, the next month, I had $220. And I save all these statements, so I know the numbers pretty well. The month after, the, so March, I had $313. Uh, April, I had $404. Like, and then by May, and I closed a couple of deals in there. But I still had to pay off like old debt, so you can see you can see in the statements there's actual actual earnings that came in, but just coincidentally it was 100, 200, 300, 400, and then it was like there was like you know more money in there. Um, but I mean, just imagine having 110 dollars in your bank account, and you got to pay rent, and you got to buy food, and like what else are you gonna do? But it was scary, and I struggled a lot longer I think than a lot of people here do. And in my opinion, but everybody's you know everybody's situation is their own, mm -hmm. a lot worse than, than a lot of people did. Yeah. But I was scared. You know, there's this some story. I don't know if it's a real story or, or what about uh, a battle where this this uh, navy rolled up on this country, stormed the beaches, and set their boats on fire, meaning there was no turning back. So they were either going to die or they're going to win. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, I'll, I'll figure it out and, 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 and include it somewhere, I guess. I gotta figure out what battle it is. But I think, it, I think Tony Robbins or somebody says that, but I'll have to look it up and find out. But I mean, that's some serious shit. And that's where I was, there was no, where was I gonna go? Go with, live with my mom in my late 20s, without a car, an hour from anywhere where you could even get a job? Yeah. Like that's not even, that, I'd be worse off. Yeah. You know, ride a bicycle. Uh, we were just talking about it, how you and your parents, everyone supports you. You need to trust in the process. If you know you have what it takes. Well, if you have the support, support too. If people don't support you, just do it just to show them that who you are. Because I know people, them. you said about the college, they want me to do college. In the end, I'll be more happy for myself saying I did it for me, not for anybody yeah, else. Yeah, exactly. And that's a hard, I think that's the hardest thing to do, knowing when everybody else tells you to do something else and you do what you want to do even though of everything else that everyone just wanted you to do, I think it's the hardest thing to do, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, but it depends on what you want. Yeah. It's You're not your parents' life. Exactly. You know, you get to make your own decisions. And you, I'm not going to live the life they wanted me to live. You, that's you, what I always You may want to do something that's in line with what they want to make them happy because you want to make people around you who you love and who love you happy. But the first person that you should be making happy is yourself. At so. the end of the day, this is to everyone yourself that like, you are the most important person in the world that's right the the in your own world and you're that's what i'm saying and to yourself like <laughs> yeah you technically are the most important that's 100 percent. i agree, totally agree. Yeah.
any advice for brand new agents, real quick? Oh, Because I, yeah. I know some of you are looking to, to get to the something. gym. All right, go yeah, for it. Yeah, I want to go to the gym. It's also very hot in here, I must say. Um, pick up the goddamn phone. That's right. Listening. Just pick up the phone. That, well, that's, that phone call. That's, that's the, tough, the especially for new agents. Yeah, and don't like, give up. And the don't second give you up. get on, the quicker you make that phone call, the quicker you're going to make a deal. Never give up. So right. just, just bite patience. it. Just, patience is number one for new agents. Pick up the phone. So, so maybe in the next, on the next one of these that we do, we can discuss um, some more techniques that will help new agents out a lot more. Yeah. I mean, right now we're just kind of talking about struggling, but we have a, a boatload of content that we can talk about in terms of things that new agents can do. Agree. I think so. we could we could technically talk about this for like hours and hours. Exactly. Like hours. I, I actually talk about every single day. Yeah. Of every single week, of every single year. So yeah. I'm sure we could talk about it a lot more. <laughs> so y'all, I want to go to jail. All right, All right guys, guys. Wrap up. <laughs> have a good one. Good Cheers. 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 All right. <laughs>